This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Look back for Arfield. What a bowling! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Burnley win the next ball. It's Rory now. It's on the outside. He's on Quickly finds Benson in space at the byline. Can Burnley get a goal here? Back for Brownell. Saved by the keeper. That is magnificent. They deserve that. And he got on the outside, comes inside, comes on the shot, and a goal! Manuel Benson once more! That is top class! Burnley have done it! Fantastic! Clarence deserved the championship title! They've been the best side throughout the campaign! Burnley have won the second tier! What a fantastic achievement! The players have been magnificent! Yes, hello everybody and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Edmund, looking ahead to this midweek clash at Goodison Park against Everton in the Carabao Cup. And as you can see, I'm joined by Elliot and he's from the Toffee Blues. How are you doing, mate? Not bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Looking forward to this one. Looking forward to being reunited with some old faces. But the last time I said that was uh, to the Brentford podcaster about Ben Me. I didn't see him, and we got Dick three 0 um, So fingers crossed, we're gonna you know have a better performance from our end. But I'm sure most Burnley fans will agree that um, the Carabao Cup has given a bit of light relief so far this season. So I'm just looking forward to you know not worrying about if we get beat the implications of it and, and that sort of stuff and having to worry about you know how Luton have got on because that's the most ridiculous sentence I never thought I'd be saying that as a Premier League football fan like, I need to I, worry right? about how well Luton have got on because <laughs> we know Sheffield United have got beat they get beat every week but Luton are actually showing that they've got some fight 
uh, which us and Sheffield United, who both finished above them. I can't remember. We definitely did. Um, yeah, obviously Luton won the playoffs, didn't they? Um, uh, we're not, are now miles behind Luton, which is just bizarre. Um, but um, just to remind everyone, we are, of course, sponsored by Green King Sport. It is uh, the, the sponsors of the uh, pre-game show. Uh, they don't actually sponsor it unless it's a Premier League match. But I just want to remind everybody, so, you know, just, just so you can get ready, because I just want to let you all know the code. I've been going on about this code for ages where you will get 15% off your round at a Green King pub. That code is nearly ready. It's nearly ready. So maybe for the Palace match, we will have it. But if not, it'll definitely be the week after. So if you haven't already, I'm going to say download the Green King app, but that might affect the code. So don't download the Green King app just yet. Just just wait. Just wait. I can say that on this one because I don't need to tell them. I don't need to send them the link to it because it's not a Premier League match. So just, just, just get ready to download the Green King app and get ready to get money off your pints at Green King pubs. But don't download it just yet. Um, but let's get into the match then. Obviously, Wednesday night, 7.45. I'm looking forward to it. It's probably going to be the last time I'll ever go to Goodison Park at a night. Well, it is the last time I'll go to Goodison Park for a night match. I think it's the first time I've actually been for a night match, to be fair. Um, but obviously, Goodison Park in its last season. So we'll probably only get to go once more as Burnley fans, um, which will be in the away fixture later in the season. But... Elliot, I know we've just recorded something on your podcast, um, but talk to me about what the cup means to you as an Everton fan, because obviously a lot of a lot of the bigger club fans, and I mean like the big six, they're sort of like, eh, they're not too bothered, but they always end up going to win it anyway. But what, what does a cup mean to you? Do, you? do you want a cup run or do you just want to concentrate on, on finishing 17th? Well, I'll start by saying I'd, I'd love a cup run, but I'd also love 15% off my round at Green King. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. either would be Get good. Get ready to but... download the app, mate. <laughs> But a cup run would be absolutely amazing for Everton fans. We've been craving a trophy. You know, Everton have been such a successful club in our history. You know, one of the founders of the Football League and we've won so many trophies in our time. Yet in my life, we've won none. So especially for younger Evertonians like me, we're absolutely desperate for a cup. And we've come close. I've been to Wembley a few times. Plenty of heartbreak, whether that's losing to Liverpool, Manchester United, the lot. We've been through it all with that. But we are desperate for a cup and we will be taking this seriously without a doubt. It's interesting you say that, mate. And I know I've just, like I said, just said the same thing to you, but what is the vibe that you're getting off Dash and and the management staff at Everton ahead of this match? Because Sean Dash did not did not take cup games seriously with Burnley. We lost against Accrington Stanley once. We lost against Burton Albion, Port Vale, Lincoln City. There's more. There's a lot more than that. I think there's about 10, but you know, I've pushed them all out of my head. But with it being his former club, and I know he's not one to 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 basically say how he feels at any point, really, he'll always just gloss over and, and go down a narrative. So he's probably never, he probably will say it's just another game, but I don't think it is to him. I think he will want to win this match. Is he taking it as seriously as, as the Everton fans want him to, do you think? It seems like he has so far. The team that set up against Aston Villa away, we really did play a strong team there and got over the line. And I think from everything I'm hearing, he understands the importance of the cup to Evertonians. And perhaps it may have been a case that he thought that at Burnley, the league was more of a priority. But if he doesn't take the cup seriously at Everton, then he'd face quite a lot of criticism because that is something that's hugely important to us. We were mentioning on the other uh, video that we did about how if you can't win the league as a team like Everton or Burnley, then that's your next mm. option and that's what we need. So I hope that Sean Dyche takes it seriously, but you do worry me a bit by saying that he didn't at Burnley. No, like I say, it, it was a running joke amongst Burnley fans. Like we would, ne he would never ever take it seriously. And I mean, I remember even once we got beat by Sunderland, who at the time I think were in League One, 
Um, and we actually put out quite a strong squad, but it was still dreadful. So I don't know what he said to them in the changing room. Like, oh, I'm pretending to play a strong squad, but please get knocked out. Um, you say you say the cup is obviously important to Evertonians because it's you know, a, unless you're a big six club, it is a big a big thing, isn't it? it you, we're not we're not we're not going to see Everton win the league, you know, in the next 40, 50 years. We're not going to see Burnham win the league in the next 140 years. Um, so a cup run obviously would be big for you. But would you take a cup run at the you know, a, a negative effect on, on the league or would you rather finish 17th and, and and then go out in the next round or are you looking a bit are you looking a bit higher and thinking you're stable I don't really need to worry about the league now well I definitely don't think we can just stop worrying about the league but I do not take the Carabao Cup as a valid excuse to not do well in the league there's three more games after this it's simple as win this game quarter final two-legged semi-final to be fair and then the final I'm not having that that is a big enough distraction for the Premier League you know these are Premier League footballers they should be used to playing twice a week really so that isn't an excuse for me and the league is a huge priority for us it's massively important we cannot go into a new stadium potentially mid next season or the start of the one after not being in the Premier League so Premier League's crucial but I'm not having that you it's enough of a distraction to say oh yeah let's just get knocked out of this you know at the end of the day we're a big club and we need to be in these competitions and I think we have to take it seriously. You mentioned there the new stadium. You said mid... Are you not going to be in the new stadium at the start of next season? No. So there's the proposed moving date at the moment is completed in December 2024. That's the expected completion right, date. Okay. But there's debate over whether we'd have a mid-season move or move at the start of a new season. A lot of Evertonians would want to see the start of a new season when we move in because we want to make a proper goodbye to Goodison Park. But then revenue-wise, can you really afford to miss out on six months of stadium revenue when you're in a bit of financial trouble? So you'll have to see on that one. But it's definitely not going to be the start of next season. So all this spiel I've been going on about, it could be the last chance we ever go to Goodison. I mean, it could be. Chances are we could get relegated this season. Um, But I I thought this was the last year. I didn't realise potentially next year as well. So... I, w- I probably wouldn't have clambered for tickets as much, um, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, obviously, there's a big thing surrounding Burnley and Everton at the minute, and that's obviously the Dyche, Tarkovsky, the McNeil. Let's talk about Sean Dyche, because I've always said, and I think I was invited on the Toffee Blues when you appointed him, that I've always said the natural progression for Dyche after Burnley was Everton, and it just didn't seem a shock to me that he went to you. But I noticed a lot of Everton fans felt above him. I think is the best way of putting it. A lot of Everton fans felt like they could do better, and not 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 the majority, but quite a lot. I'd probably say about fifty percent, if I, if I'm honest. Um, and 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 it was met with a bit a bit of negativity and a bit of oh well he's here now let let's get behind him. What about, what I'm trying to say is like he's he's started all there then kept you up and then everybody loved him again. And then you started this season slowly again and there was some, not dash out shouts really, but people criticising him. And all those other other shows as well that I do follow, Everton ones that were criticising him or people on them shows were criticising him. What's the main fear about Dash at the minute? Are you happy with him, annoyed, or is it just a case of he is what it is, he's here, we'll back him? Like, what's the what's the feeling amongst Everton fans about, about Sean? Well, I think last season he performed a bit of a minor miracle to keep us in the league with the injuries that we're having. And he brought us, he came in at a time we were on 15 points and he really did sort us out that season after a really tough time under Frank Lampard. And this season could not have started worse, really. But 
the performances were there and Dyche really wanted to reiterate that in every press conference that the performance is there. We heard the XG shouts, which some fans were a bit annoyed by that because, of course, expected goals do not mean goals. That's a fact. But I thought that the performances were there. Um, I'd say as it got to the point where we lost to the to Luton at Goodison, I think that was a tipping point yeah, where it could have all gone wrong. It could have all gone wrong. But thankfully, the week before that, um, in the week building up to that, we beat Brentford and we beat Aston Villa. So had we lost those two and then lost to Luton, he might not be in a job now. But thankfully, he is because I wanted him here. And I think most Evertonians accepted the fact that you know, we couldn't be looking for fancy, luxurious managers now. We needed to be stable and we needed someone to come in, steady the ship, take control of the whole club and just get it back on an even footing. And I think he's done that so far. And in recent games particularly, he's showing to me that I think he's probably the guy to take us forward. So he is winning a few fans over now with recent performances because it seems like it's starting to click, especially away from home. Yeah, I think the aspirations that you have as a club... He's not the manager for you, but for the position that you are right now, he is the manager for you and he will get you to that next level of stability, given the right tools of stability, well clear of relegation by April, given the right tools. He will do that for you, but it's whether or not he, he can push on at the next level. You said there, like, if he'd have lost the games against Brentford and Villa, he might not have even been the manager anymore. Do you think that because of the 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 pressure on him from the fans and the expectation from the fans that if he loses at any point like three four games in a season the shouting of the die shouts and the where Everton will, will get too big and he could be sacked. I think there's always that possibility at a club with such huge expectation, and I think one thing for sure is when you don't play a brand of football that is particularly progressive, then you have to get results, don't you? If you know. If you're playing yeah. football that the fans don't enjoy and you're not getting results, then you're much more likely to lose your job. And I think Sean Dyche, as any Everton manager would be, could be under pressure with a bad run of results. But I feel like he's slowly starting to turn the tide a bit and he's definitely bought himself some time with recent performances. And looking ahead now, though, we've got four or five difficult games. We have to go to Palace. We have to play Brighton, Manchester United. So that'll be a real test of his mettle because we had quite a easy start really on paper and we didn't pick up the yeah. points we should have. So, Yeah, it's interesting that start as well because um, I'll, I'll go into that now because obviously you lost at home to Wolves, you lost at home to Luton, you lost at home to Fulham, you drew away to Sheffield United. Yes, all right, you're now looking well clear of danger, I'll be honest, but obviously them games are gone for you now. Them games are gone. Like where We've still got to play pretty much all of them teams um, at home. Um so we like other teams in and around us. We still have the chance to pick up the points. Whereas obviously now, them games are gone for you, and and, and it's going to be a tougher end to the season. It was a start to the season. Are you still worried? I personally think you'll be okay. I think if Dominic Calvert Lewin stays injury free, which to be fair he won't, um, he's made a glass. But it's whether how much of it, how much of the season he misses. If he misses six months, then you could be in big trouble. Um, and it's the same with Branthwaite at the back as well and Tarkovsky. Them three. In my eyes, you might you might think differently. And Pickford, to be fair, um, are your main four players. Any any injury to DCL, and I think you'll struggle, a big injury, and an injury to a couple of the defenders and maybe Pickford, I think you'll struggle as well. But what are your thoughts? Do you, are you think you're well clear or you think you're going to get dragged back into it if there's injuries? I think it would be naive to say we were well clear, really. We're five mm. points off and we've just finally won a couple of games. We're not as silly as that. We're not going to be celebrating safety already. We're far from it. And... We really need to do this over a consistent period now and the home form has to be sorted out over a consistent period. So I don't think we're safe yet by no means, but I do look at that team and think 
we will be okay this season. We have yeah. much more quality on paper than the teams below us. And I think the teams below us this year are weaker than they have been for quite a few years. Luton and Sheffield United in particular on paper look horrific, to be honest. So I think yeah. it's good that, and you guys have been struggling too, and Bournemouth as well. So I'd be looking at a 13th, 14th place finish would be what I'd expect of this team because this squad is not a bottom three squad. You look at the players we've got, you've mentioned Jared Bramfway, young talent, Jordan Pickford, England's number one. You've got Amadou Onana in the middle who will definitely go for at least 50 million in the next couple of years and Dom Calvert-Lewin up front. You've got a spine there which is more than good enough to be mid-table in the Premier League. So I don't think we will go down, but I'm not going to say that I'm not worried because you're always worried. And as an Evertonian, we always do worry about that. So I am still worried, but I'm confident that we will be all right. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think the current bottom four will probably be the bottom four. Forrest might get dragged into it. Fulham might get dragged into it. Um, but the bottom three need to start winning games. And it's just not something that Burnley can do at the minute. It's not something Sheffield United have actually done yet this season. Uh, obviously, Luton have only got the one win, as as as, as, you, as you well know. But again, they, they've, they've struggled in other areas as well. So... But Bournemouth, they've just won, but they beat a very poor side. Um, but it's it's always seems to be sides play us, they get a win, and then they go on and get a couple of wins. Brentford beat us, That's then us beat well. Chelsea at Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So well, Bournemouth might go on and win a couple of games now. Um, but how important to you um, is to to Everton, not not yourself personally, is Dominic Calvert-Lewin? Because you mentioned there earlier the XG shouts and, and it winding some fans up earlier in the season when Dash mentioned XG. I quite like the XG stat, I'll be honest with you. But yes, it doesn't it doesn't equate to goals scored, but it equates to the quality of the chance that you are creating. And your XG was very high, but your goal scored was very low because Dominic Calvert-Lewin wasn't there. And now Dominic Calvert-Lewin's back, you're winning games again, your XG is still decent. So he's very, very big player for you, isn't he? And I think I think if he I, I think he's the main one for me. I think you keep him fit for the majority of the season. And I think Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. You stay up. I use the XG argument myself in defensive dice this season. I believe that it does have an importance. And the fact that we were creating chances shows that we we were on the right lines. And Dice can only do so much, can't he? He can get those players to play a certain way. And then if they're not putting the ball in the net, it's not all his fault, really. But I think it's not just the fact that Dom has come back that we have started scoring goals. We have made other signings too, with Jack Harrison being in there. Dwight McNeil's been really important to us. And I think that a team that's not in the top half of the Premier League, I suppose at any team in the Premier League, you need to get goals from all areas. And it's not just the fault of the man up front 
as if you're not scoring goals. I think it's a team thing. And Daisho always reiterates that about how everybody should be chipping in and it shouldn't be piled on to one guy. And yeah. Dominic Calvert-Lewin's probably been helped by the fact that Beto has come in. So there's now that reduction of pressure on him to stay fit. And I have to say, Sean Dyche has handled Dominic Calvert-Lewin's situation like, immaculately. He's the one manager who's not thrown him in too early. He's not risked him when he wasn't fully fit. He gave him the absolute ultimate time to get ready to get ready for the game and get ready to be back. And he dealt with it really well in the media too. He had to brush off so many questions, which I imagine irritated journalists, but he had to do it just to look after Calvert-Lewin. And he seems yeah. to have stumbled across a way where we can keep him fit. And he looks more confident than ever now, Dom. But I don't think he'll play against you guys, so I don't think you'll have to worry about him. Yeah, that, that was going to be my next question then. If he's so good, do you think he'll play? Uh, but obviously, you've answered it there. But you mentioned there you have brought in Beto. I don't know too much about him, if I'm being honest. What type of player is he? Is he similar to Dominic Calvert-Lewin or is he a bit more of a, a flat-track bully? What type of player is he? There's definitely similarities. Uh, I spoke to a guy from Football Italia when Beto joined and what he said to me was he is crucial to the link-up, but he isn't your 20-goal-a-season ruthless striker. He is yeah. just massive to the system and the structure of the squad. So... We've not seen a lot of him yet because he seems to be a player that is good from the start, but it struggles to get into a game off the bench. So I think Beto, if he does start, we will really get to see more like what we saw in the first cup game against Doncaster and then the game against Sheffield United where he looked he looked a good player. He's certainly a hard worker. He will work harder than anybody else on that pitch for sure. And he seems quite awkward and I imagine he would be quite difficult for defences because sometimes you look at him and think, does he even know what he's doing? But that's not actually a slant on him. I think there's definitely technical ability there and he will yeah. just be a nuisance for your defenders. So I'm excited to see him because we haven't seen enough of him yet. And you don't really want to see £30 million on the bench, but we couldn't have not signed him because Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you don't know if he's going to be fit or not. So it's just unfortunate for him that he hasn't started many games. Yeah, fair enough. It will be interesting to see him play against our defence that I, I think can be bullied and has shown that it can be bullied uh, so, so far this season. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Um, obviously, you, you you quickly mentioned earlier then that McNeil's been a very important player for you. Obviously, he's another former Claret. Um, I McNeil's a bit of an anomaly to Burnley fans, and he always was at Burnley. Um, he burst onto the scene fantastically in, in his first season. Only got the chance due to injuries. Dice was never going to but it dashed, I don't know what it's like with you, but he never played youth. And he, he was kind of forced to play youth through injuries. And McNeil came on and he was brilliant, scored some great goals against Wolves, I think. I remember the season after he scored a brilliant one against you boys, actually, in the COVID year um, at Goodison. Um, but then he was frustrating because the amount of times he'd get the ball and he'd run into a cul-de-sac and do like a 360-point turn and then lose the ball. But then... We always blamed Dice for that. We were always like, oh, McNeil needs to leave and go to a, a villa, you know, somebody who plays this progressive, expansive football and he'll do really well. But then he's actually ended up working with Dice again. But now you're saying he's, 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 he's been a good player for you. So what's he been doing, McNeil, this season that, that's made him an important player? I think Dwight McNeil's been on a journey at Everton. He came in and he looked so low on confidence. You could tell that he just wasn't working out for him under Lampard and... We were thinking, what have we got here, really? like We were worried about whether he'd fit in, and he has massively improved. He's grown into a really important player for Everton, and I think part of that's credit to Sean Dyche, but a lot of it's credit to himself as well. I think he started playing on the right for us, cutting inside, and I just felt like he was too mm. predictable. You know, he's he's quite one-footed, isn't he? So when you see him yeah. cutting in on the left, then obviously he's going he's gonna to hit it with his left, isn't he? So he was too predictable for me at some points, but since he's massively improved. The big thing for us is when you're not 
the best team quality wise you need 11 men working hard and really being committed to the cause and his defensive work for us has been superb the fact that he tracks back so much and he's carried us forward at times as well he's looked good dribbling wise and he's popped in a few great goals too I think the prime example of it would be the game against Brighton last year when he absolutely took apart that defense when we won 5-1 yeah. and we love him I think a lot of Evertonians really are a fan of Dwight McNeil now and we have to remember the guy's still young people don't talk about him as a young player but he is isn't he he's not actually yeah. as old as people make he's out been on, he's been around for years if you forget he's still young that's it with some players isn't it but i do think he's a valuable part of our team whether he starts once again on wednesday you might see on that Juma instead but dwight mcneil for us has overall been a good signing i'd say I've got to be honest, I'm absolutely shocked to say that his defensive work is good for you. The amount of times where he just used to jog back, he used really? to be really frustrated. Yeah, he used to We've played him at fullback. We've even played him at um, wing well, back when we've needed to because he's been that's that good That's interesting because there was some debate amongst Burnley fans that he would be a good wing back. And, but then we never thought that Dyche would be progressive enough to do that. So the fact it's, it's alien to me that, that Dyche is doing that. But um, th- there was some debate amongst Burnley fans as well that he might work in a 10 but I think he's too one-footed for that. But he used, he used to do it with us as well. We play on the right. And that's exactly how he scored the goal against you. On the right, cut inside, bang in the top corner. Um, but he, he was quite predictable. And I think that was a lot of the reason why he used to end up running down a cul-de-sac and, uh, and losing the ball. But interesting to see him at wing-back. Very interesting. <laughs> and we quite like him at left wing now. I think we'd prefer him to be on the left for his crossing. Mm. Because, as you say, the, the cutting in and shooting with your left is too predictable. But... He can cross a ball really well and he's quite good from corners for us, to be fair, as well. And when you've got Dominic Calvert-Loon in the box, Don must find that an absolute dream to have Dr. Yeah. Dwight McNeil putting the balls in for him there. And I think he can only get better if the fullback starts overlapping. If we start to have more attacking fullbacks, then I imagine you'd get even better. Yep, yeah, potentially. Um, obviously, another former Claret as well, Tarkovsky. Uh, obviously, club captain, I believe, at the minute, or he was when I watched... Team uh, captain. On... Team captain. Is there? Yeah. yeah, is that because someone's missing? James Coleman, club captain, but yeah. he's yeah, he's he's pretty much captain does every game. Yeah, yeah. Um, how are you getting on with Tarky? Because I, I I know I've mentioned it on your podcast, but I mentioned it again. Um, I love Tarky, still do. Same with Dice, like I'm McNeil, really. McNeil just used to frustrate me when he were a, a claret sometimes, but I never disliked the guy. I don't dislike him now. But Tarky, like Tarky, was one of the main Burnley players, and you know we loved him. Probably one of the best defenders we've ever seen at the club, if not ever. Um. And, he, and he's brilliant. But what we love about Tarke is how he's, or did do, is how he um, doesn't take no grief. Like he will, he, and he did it again against, who just played the weekend? West Ham. And he West said, Ham, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he just went in on somebody, a brilliant tackle. And I bet, I bet you were loving it. But yeah, like, brilliant Tarke. Come on, get in. That's what we used to True do. Right. Right? But obviously, the main one that we remember is the one on Rich Arlison, where he went in there, brilliant yeah. tackle, <laughs> brilliant tackle, absolutely fantastic. Everton fans hated it. They were whinging on Twitter morning, but I bet you'll love it now, don't you? I bet I bet oh, talk yeah. is that what one one of the best one of the favourite players, fan favourites. Yeah, he is. And I remember that tackle. I sit at the um the upper of that stand that he uh, flew yeah. into Rich Arlison. And I was furious on the day, but when I he's doing he it on your own team, that's that's football, <laughs> isn't it? When they're playing for you, you love them, but when they're playing against you, you hate yeah, them. Yeah. He has thrown a few crunches in, and that's not just all he, he offers, though, in his game. I think no, he's course, actually yeah. quite good on the ball, too. And I think he may have learned a lot of this at Brentford and then not quite used it to its potential at Burnley. And he can deliver a long pass really well, as well, to be fair to him. And he's a solid defender and he's a leader at the back. He's great to have when you've got Jared Brownfoyt next to him, a player who you can mentor if he needs to. And I feel like we've seen the best of Tarkovsky since Brownfoyt's coming next to him because. 
although he Bramthwaite's younger than the other defenders who've played with Tarkovsky, he's actually doesn't need him as much. So we're really seeing the best of Tarky now as well, putting the blocks in, doing his job, clearing it out, heading it out. And he's a leader. He leads from the back and he calms everyone down. And whenever there's a scuffle, he's at the forefront of it, whether it's yeah, calming him down were. or yeah, riling yeah. him up. He's the man. And like you said, you know, he's he's been captain for every game so far, pretty much this season. And when Seamus Coleman retires, I can see him taking the full club captain role. Yeah, interesting. And obviously, Tarky as well, last season actually came to a Burnley game. So, you know, I think he will still have a soft spot for the club. Hopefully, that, sure means, he won't yeah. go fly- Hopefully that means he won't go flying into Zorori and break his leg. Uh, fingers <laughs> crossed. But it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think he'll play. He might do. I'm not sure. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see if he does go flying in. Because I'll just laugh. I know for a fact if Tarky just crunches one of our players... I'll just laugh because I'll be like, we can't be angry. We just can't be. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to see how Burnley fans react to it. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. But yeah, I think Tark is one I probably missed the most out, out of all three. It, it, probably a controversial opinion that because of what Dice did for us. But, you know, Tark were one of them who were just type of player that you could you just love playing it in your shirt and, and definitely miss him. Um, but I do still think he has a soft spot for us. Um, because of the amount of um, crossovers between the two clubs, this has taken a lot longer than usual. But I normally get into sort of like the the... That the predictions around about now, but there's some things we still haven't spoken about. I it's interesting to get an Everton fan's opinion on this because obviously you now have the dice ball and that brand of football, and obviously we've gone away from that style now to a more progressive style, a possession-based style. Might not be working so much at the minute, but last year was absolutely fantastic, albeit in a lower league, but it was great to watch. What are your thoughts on on Burnley and, and what they've done on and off the pitch uh, over the last 18 months? Obviously, last time you played us. Um, I think we still had Dash. Um, and we played in that style of football anyway. We've then obviously got rid of him. He's gone to you guys. We've gone into a completely different style of play and then, you know, tried to just expand the club as a brand as well off the pitch. So what are your thoughts on Burnley and what they've done over the last 18 months? I always look out for Burnley because I've got a mate who's a Burnley fan. So I do kind of keep a close eye on them and see how they're doing. And the championship last season, you know, you never want to get relegated, but it seemed like it served as a reset for the club. And yeah. maybe it was the time for Deitch to go. It seems like it's probably going to benefit you in the long run now. You know, managers have their time. If he's been there for 10, 11 years, there's going to be a point where it's time to move on as a club. And I feel like you guys wanted a new direction. I think, is it uh, Alan Pace in charge of you guys? Yeah, correct. He's is that right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I feel like he wanted a new direction. And that's, you had new ownership as well, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, so obviously, I think Dash are there for about a year of it, like eight months of it, something like that. Yeah, so the key is to kind of evolve the club. And I feel like Vincent Company coming in, it's such a risk, but what a job mm. he did last year. You guys yeah. must have had the time of your lives in the championship last year. And I always say I'd absolutely hate Everton to go down, and I absolutely would. But to see what you guys experienced last year, just a break from the constant losing exactly. every week that was yeah, happening before it, you. You must have absolutely loved it, and I'm sure the uh, Royal Dice might be getting changed to the Royal Vincent in a few years. But <laughs> no, just Justine who runs it has already said that it, it won't be happening. It's going to be interesting, actually, because <laughs> obviously it's, it's a home fan pub is the Royal Dice, but Everton fans will flock to it, obviously in oh, December, <laughs> and, and I'm sure Justine will just be like, "Yeah, fair enough," you know, as long as there's no trouble, which I, I don't think there will be. But um, yeah, it's interesting to hear. But um, yeah, it's um, it's interesting to see how, how we've progressed as well and things like that. But um, it's interesting the way you just said that as well, how you'd be so worried to everything to go down. And don't get me wrong, when last year, because we spent so long in the Premier League, uh, not last year, sorry, the year before, I was panicking, like, oh, please don't go down. It's going to be so bad if we get relegated. 
it just wasn't. You know, it, it ended up being fantastic. It were a brilliant year last year. The only worry, obviously, that you, you will have as a club, not not just Everton, like any club, will be the financial implications of it. But look at Leicester this season. Like they've literally won every game apart from one. I think it is, or maybe two. They're absolutely flying. Same with Leeds. Same with Southampton. If Everton went down, they would absolutely dominate that league. It's just they just would do. They come straight back up, and it and it would serve as a reset. So, I think I I am now no longer scared of relegation because I've experienced it and I loved it. But you speak to somebody like a Stoke fan, for example, or a Huddersfield fan, you know they might have a different story. Um, yeah, but exactly. This season, I'm not I'm not as worried. Like if we go down, we go down. We'll probably just dick the league again next year and win the league at Blackburn again if we have, or, or win it at Preston this time. You know, just just, just do something be all right, different. It? <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Although I don't think it's something you need to worry about this season. I think you've mentioned it already. I think that the, the four teams below you, or five teams, I think uh, below you, I think it is now, uh, are worse than you. And you will be okay. Um, but let's get on to the actual game then because I am uh, worried just because of the fact that Daesh, when he was at Burnley, used to love playing against teams that now play in the Burnley way. We used to always beat Bournemouth because he, he had a game plan against him. We beat Brentford 4-0 that year who at the time were trying to play more possession-based football before they switched it up. Uh, and we always did well at Brighton as well. And you you did well at Brighton last year as well. And it's just it's just a similar style of play. And I, I, I'm just worried that you might strangle the life out of us, press us really high, force us into mistakes, and, and then and they just go on and win the game. How are you expecting the game to go? I think that's where I can see us winning it as well. If we do just keep the pressure high and hopefully you guys are quite naive and you're uh, passing out from the back and... It's whether Vincent Company will adapt or not. And so far, it seems like he hasn't, which I wouldn't criticise him for so much because he does have a philosophy and he does believe in it and it worked so well last year. But I think that the way Everton beat you guys is if you do have a lot of the ball and then we hit you on the break. Ideally, really, we would have rather played away from home here, to be honest, because the fact that we are at home, there is that pressure to have more of the ball and yeah. have a more progressive approach, I suppose. So if we have a lot of the ball, then you could... Re- that's where I'd say you could get us. But if you guys come and be naive and play it out from the back, that's that's where we're going to get you. The likes of Abdoulaye Decore with the high pressure, the whole team just moves as one when the pressure's on. Like If, yeah. the, if the press is right, then we can absolutely suffocate teams, like you say. And I think that's where we beat you guys if we do. Yep, fair enough. I, I think I agree with that. Although I am excited to see how we will do against um, a Premier League club again with Muric in the net because I'm, I'm suspecting Muric will play. Obviously, he's been dropped for Trafford in the league and there's been a lot of debate about Trafford's passing ability and, and, and that is why that we are struggling to beat the presses and getting caught out of possession um, because, um, you know, the, the passing ability from the keeper just, just isn't there. I think you've got 50% passing ability, uh, 50% passing complete rate, sorry, uh, in the last match. So it's going to be interesting to see how we do with Muric because, of course, we did play a Premier League team uh, earlier in the competition with Muric in Nottingham Forest and he kept a clean sheet there. Um, Salford, bit different, um, but it'd be interesting to see how, how we do against Everton. Uh, but just before we wrap everything up, do you want to give us a prediction, a score prediction, please, mate? I'll go with 2-0 Everton. I'm very sorry, Burnley fans, but I'm going to back us here. I've got to represent my side here, and I do think we will get over the line. We've been on a great run of form recently. I've seen enough in the home game against Bournemouth to suggest that we may have finally stumbled across a blueprint at home, and I'm hoping we can get our hat in for the la- into the hat. Sorry, get our hat in, <laughs> get into the hat for the last eight, and uh, get us through, and hopefully, finally get some sort of trophy. But yeah, sorry, 2-0 Everton. To be honest with you, mate, I don't think too many Burnley fans will, will be coming for you with that one, with the you know the form that we've shown so far this season. I think I agree with you. I think I'm going 2-0. Um, 
I think we will just just be similar to, to Saturday. We'll try and play out from the back, get caught in possession. Your press will probably be better than Bournemouth's. And both of the goals that we conceded against Bournemouth were the exact same way. The fullback had the ball. They cut inside because there was no options on because we were struggling with the press. Took too long. Dallied with the ball. Five seconds later, it's in the back of the net. And I think Everton will be better at that uh, than Bournemouth were. So I'm going 2-0 as well. But be interesting to see. It depends on the teams that, that both players put out and be interesting to see how Murich gets on against Premier League opposition again. But just before we go, mate, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you and where they can find the Toffee Blues if they want to digest some Everton content? Yeah, absolutely. It's the Toffee Blues on YouTube and then I'm also on a game of two halves at two halves LSR on Twitter. So uh, give that a watch as well if you want to see some football content. Yeah, Clarence, definitely do go and check it out. I've just recorded one with yourself as well, so that will probably be up by the time everybody listens to this. So if you want to go and watch that after you watch this, please feel free. But thank you very much for coming on, Elliot. It's been a pleasure. Good luck for the season, just not at our expense. If it's between <laughs> us or you, I'll I'll, I'll 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 remove the good luck. But I, Fair I, enough, I, I'll give you that. <laughs> I, th I think you'll be more than okay, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, and good luck for the rest of the season, though, except tomorrow. Thanks for having me on, mate. Thanks for having me on. I hope you have a good season as well. But yeah, make sure we don't go down. Just let's keep both teams up. Yeah, let's keep both teams up. And who knows, we could be the first team. You know, if you move halfway through the season, we could be the first team at this new stadium, which uh, will be very interesting. But um, yeah, looking forward to going to Goodison tomorrow night. I've not been to a night game at Goodison before and probably will be the last time I ever go for a night match. So it's going to be interesting. But thanks for coming on, mate. It's been a pleasure. No worries, mate. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.